0: Welcome to the Leadership Window podcast with Dr. Patrick Jinks. Each week through a social sector lens, Patrick interviews leaders and experts and puts us in touch with trends and tips for leading effectively. Patrick is an LSI certified leadership coach, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a best selling author, award winning photographer, and a professional speaker. And now here's Dr. Patrick Jinks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leadership Window. I am flying solo today. I will tell you, I've got four amazing programs on the schedule for the next couple of months. Uh, Just some extraordinary episodes coming up. I'm really excited about those. But right now, I thought I would take the time to share with our listeners a framework that we've developed here at The Jinx Perspective for nonprofit CEO leadership. And we call it our five-by-five five leadership matrix. We have also, many of you know this, if, if you've worked with us, we have a five-by-five five organizational matrix that we do self-assessments with, with your board and with your staff. This one is the five-by-five five CEO perspective matrix leadership matrix. So what this basically is, and I'm going to try to move really quickly and do rapid fire because there's a lot of elements and we just want you to kind of be able to hear them, see which ones resonate with you. If there's anything that inspires you, if you find any gaps that you want to work on, and if you think I'm missing anything, uh, shoot me an email and let me know. I would love to hear it. In fact, if you will send me an email, I am happy to give you the link to conduct a self-assessment on this matrix that I'm about to share with you today. And when we do this with our clients, we actually do a 360-degree version of it so that your board, your senior team, or, or all of your direct reports, and even some of your peers can also rate you on these elements. Here's, here's why it's called the 5x5. Five five. There are five key pillars or categories of... Excellence when it comes to leading a nonprofit organization. Now, these really are somewhat unique to leading a nonprofit organization. Many of these will relate. If you're not in the nonprofit sector, leadership is leadership. We say that all the time. This matrix is specifically designed for nonprofit leadership, but a lot of them overlap into any sector that you want. We're going to walk through all five pillars. And the reason it's called the 5x5 five five is because each of the five pillars has five elements within it for a total of 25 elements that our leaders are assessed on either through a self-assessment or through a 360-degree assessment. 25 elements of what it takes to be an effective CEO, in particular, of a nonprofit organization. We also do this assessment on senior leaders who have potential to be a CEO, because we want them to assess on these competencies before they get there, so they know what it is they need to improve on and work on and develop. So when we're coaching CEOs, we use this as a 360 on the things that you ought to be doing well. When we're coaching C-suite leaders, we are doing this assessment to show, here are the areas you're gonna wanna work on before you get there. So with no further ado, let's move into the five pillars and the first pillar and these are not in any particular order by the way it's not that this one pillar is more important than the other just a a matrix of 25 components and we're going to walk through them pillar number one is engagement and inclusion now this is a leadership matrix so the first thing you're going to find is that it's not so much about management it is about leadership when we say engagement and inclusion, here are the five components we actually are talking about. Number one, staff engagement. A nonprofit CEO must be adept at effectively and meaningfully engaging their team. Their team needs to feel like their CEO cares about them. They have a relationship with them. They're being challenged and stretched and pushed and pulled at an appropriate level And they're not just being sort of completely left alone, nor they're being micromanaged, but they are effectively being engaged in the appropriate way. The second in this pillar is board engagement. And boy, this one is really, really important. The board engagement is all about those things that the CEO needs to do to get the most out of the board. So this isn't about governance It is about how to engage the board both as a group and as the individuals on the board. How adept is the CEO at fully engaging the board? A lot of CEOs will say, man, my board's not very engaged. To which I look at them and say, "Mm, you're the one who's going to have to make that happen. Are you engaging them? Are you creating a path for them to be engaged? So that's number two. Number three is community engagement. The CEO of a nonprofit organization, more so than the CEO of a company or corporation must engage with the community because you need community support. You need not just donors, but you need legitimacy and credibility. You need to be able to engage with the influencers in, com- in your community. You are in most cases, the face of the organization. And so are you out there engaging the community in your work, inspiring them with your story, giving them meaningful ways to participate in your organization? Number four is donor engagement specifically. Yes, a great organization, a large enough organization has a wonderful chief development officer or development director or whatever you want to call them. But the CEO is the true chief engagement officer when it comes to the donors. You've got to be able to create the relationships with the donors and the potential donors so that they will engage with the organization. And then number five is diversity and inclusion. And no, this is not on the list just because you got to have diversity and inclusion in here. What we mean by this is true action of making sure that the stakeholders in the organization are from diverse backgrounds, diverse skill sets, diverse perspectives, diverse cultures diverse lines of thinking, mindsets, you name it, because the research does show that greater diversity leads to greater impact. So that is critical. And in order to achieve that, the CEO, above all else, has to be inclusive, meaning not just engaging with your own social circle or the usual suspects, the people that... You know, everybody wants to be at a certain table. This is about making sure that you are leaving no stone unturned. You are truly looking for uh, a wide array of individuals to engage in the organization. Remember, this pillar is about engagement. So once again, the five elements in pillar number one, staff engagement, board engagement, community engagement, donor engagement, and diversity and inclusion in engagement all right pillar number 2 is about alignment and execution so this is more about the we're getting more into the business aspect of running a nonprofit Pillar uh, two has five elements in it. Here's the first one. Strategic planning. Can the CEO think strategically and plan strategically? And I don't mean can they, you know, facilitate a, a, a retreat every three years and create a document. I mean, are they adept at planning strategically on a regular basis? Thinking ahead putting the big pieces, lining them with the little pieces, making sure that everything is moving in a direction where the strategic bets of the organization are most likely to succeed. The second pillar moves straight down into the next level, and that is operational planning. Can the CEO, can you, link strategy with action on the ground strategy is very conceptual we say that you know we've got three or four key strategies that are going to advance our mission but what is the work underneath those three or four key strategies and can we plan for the entire organization to drive those three to four pillars are we good at action planning are we good at smart goal setting are we good at aligning the parts in the organization, the staff, the materials, the competencies, the collateral toward the strategy. Number three, resource allocation. The CEO has to be competent at knowing how to allocate all of the resources of the organization and not just in a judicious way where we think about, oh, this is good fiduciary management. This is, this is being a good steward of the organization's resources. Yes, it is that. But it is more than that. It's about aligning the resources of the organization for maximum impact. How can we allocate the resources that we have, scarce as they may be, how can we allocate them in a way that gives them the most multiplier effect and the most impact? Number four in this pillar is staff alignment. Now, this is different than staff engagement. Staff alignment is about do we have the right people And do we have those people in the right seats? Are we aligned with the work? Is the personnel aligned with the work from a competence standpoint, from a bandwidth standpoint, from a social and emotional standpoint? Do we have the people in the places where they are most likely to be successful? Number five in this pillar is mission alignment. And you've already heard episodes uh, on this program about mission measurement. This is about making sure that all the work the organization is doing is in some way specifically driving or advancing the mission. This is where your mission statement really is important. You got to know what your charge is. What is the stated charge of the organization? Everything in the organization, everything has to align to that in some way the mission is the checkpoint that tells you what you should and what you should not be focusing your efforts on so again in pillar number two five elements strategic planning operational planning resource allocation staff alignment and mission alignment on to pillar three business and community Now, this gets more into the business, into the business competency. As the CEO, you oversee everything, marketing and finance and programs and advocacy, whatever it is you might do. And you're not really there to be the expert in all of those. Hopefully, you have people on your team who are the experts in those things. And if you're as lucky as I was when I was in organizational leadership, you have people that are better than you in those roles so that you have oversight. However, while the CEO doesn't need to be a CPA, you do need to understand the basics. So in this pillar of business and community, element number one is finance and administrative competence, finance and administration. You should know at a minimum how to read and interpret and analyze the three primary financial statements of an organization, your balance sheet, your income statement, and your cash flow statement. Those are not just the three reports that only the CPA and the auditor look at and care about and think about, and you just go, great, you guys got this. You need to understand what those three statements are telling you about the health of your organization. Those three statements tell a story And again, you don't have to be a financial wizard or an accountant to understand what they're telling you. But as the CEO, you need, that's the bare minimum. Now, beyond that, you certainly need to understand how to put a budget together. You need to understand the implications of long-term sustainability, what that would require of your organization. You need to understand how resource development matches with The work of the organization, yes, you need to understand enough about the financial structure of the organization to understand what things are costing your organization and uh, what things are profitable and what things aren't. Same on the administrative side. You need to know enough about HR to know what you need in terms of staff competence in HR. To hire a good HR director, you need to understand what it is you're looking for. And the CEO can't afford to be blindsided by big HR events that they just simply don't have uh, context for. The next area in this pillar is marketing and resource development and I put those together intentionally because to me they go hand in hand. These are not two separate entities, marketing and resource development. Marketing is literally being in the market. So resource development is the development of resources, the acquisition of resources which means you've got to you've got to understand the picture in the organization of who who it is that can buy from you what it is they're actually buying and how it is we're attracting them and inspiring them to buy to put it very simply that's how marketing and resource development come together yes you'd be great if you had a wonderful chief marketing officer and a chief development officer and hopefully again they're they're super at that but the ceo has to have enough understanding and enough aptitude and acumen when it comes to marketing and resource development, to be able to see the bigger picture. The third is nonprofit acumen, and this is really important because you know you've heard the age-old argument: is a nonprofit a business? The short answer is yes; it absolutely, completely is a business. It's just set up with a different tax structure. That's really all it is. Um, but there are some nuances to the nonprofit sector, and a nonprofit leader needs to know that. I've seen great board leaders who were uh, great executives in the business world who come in and maybe maybe in semi-retirement or maybe just to shift gears they move into a nonprofit leadership role and they have difficulty with it because there are nuances to running a nonprofit that don't exist in the corporate sector and this this really applies to board members anyway and we're constantly trying to educate them on the differences in the nonprofit and the corporate and the government sectors, the CEO needs to have enough understanding of the nonprofit structure and construct to be able to um, mitigate any risk, maximize on any potential and opportunity. So you need some nonprofit ability and acumen. Number four in this pillar is issue expertise. If your organization is in early childhood development, the CEO needs to be someone who is well-versed in the landscape of early childhood development. You should understand what the research says. You should understand what the tenets of success in early childhood are. You should know the data in your community that tells how ready your kids are for kindergarten when they get there how much of a disparity gap there is at the third grade reading level among different demographics. You need to understand the research between early childhood and the workforce 20 years from now, you need to be an issue expert because when you're out trying to let people know we are an organization that has competence and legitimacy and credibility in this issue, you've gotta be able to talk the talk and you've gotta be able to walk the talk. And to do that, you have to intimately understand the issue. Pick whatever it is, if it's domestic violence, if it's housing and homelessness, if it's food insecurity, if it's the arts, if it's economic development, You have to understand the issues and stay apprised of any new developments and trends that are occurring, any new breaking research, any best or evidence-based practices, and where the opportunities and the issues are in your community. You've got to be the expert, or at least an expert, in order to be taken seriously. And finally, in this pillar, political savvy. And I don't necessarily mean politics as in Republican and Democrat, but but yes, also that the understanding of how the two major parties in our governmental system play on the issue and um, where your support comes from and how to navigate the political waters inside a community. You've heard it said all politics is local. That's why the CEO must have political savvy. So again, think about these, uh, these areas. We're through three of the five pillars. Now think about these areas and where you would rate on a scale of one to five as to your capabilities and your competence in each of these areas. Let's move to the fourth pillar, which is vision and communication. Remember this is leadership. Do you have a personal vision and is that personal vision aligned with the vision and the mission of the organization yes ceos are champions of the organization's mission and vision but the really effective ceos have personal vision as well for your own aspirations and where you're moving and heading and and uh, but also where your passion lies And what it is you really see is possible for the organization. People need to know you have a path forward, that you are inspired to a a set of aspirations that you want this organization to achieve together. So a personal vision must be there. Second, a shared vision. How does the CEO take that personal vision and create momentum around it from all directions where everybody wants in. Everybody sees the vision and is inspired by the vision. How do you cast it? How do you get people to share it? How do you get others to be casting the vision for you so that you're extending your sight and extending your vision? Number number three in this fourth pillar is a very specific competency that I think is really critical for a CEO and that is public speaking i think ceos need to be effective public speakers now you don't have to be you know the greatest public speaker out there and you know doing all the ted talks and you know being the most motivational person in the world but you need to be able to frame a story articulate a case simplify the complex inspire others and be clear about what the organization is about. And that is where public speaking comes in. It's everything from the rotary presentation to sitting on a panel at, you know, an economic development summit on behalf of early childhood development, for example, public speaking is the ability to talk to your board. It's the ability to hold a staff meeting and inspire and communicate and be clear and frame things. And if you don't feel like you're a great public speaker, then get some training. There are tons of public speaking coaches out there that you can develop the public speaking ability. You may not ever be the most natural, most gifted orator in the world. You may never be Winston Churchill or Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan or Zig Ziglar or you name a a person who's famous for being a powerful speaker but you've got to be able to have enough competence to communicate effectively because people are looking to you to do that. Fourth is written communication. CEOs have got to be extremely adept at emails, letters, memos, Uh, even grant writing. I I learned in the first grant writing 101 course I took years ago, they said to be a good grant writer, the first thing you need to do is be a good writer (laughs) because in the grant application somewhere you're telling the story. You have to be compelling and persuasive while also being hitting all the logic and the data. And you got to be, you know, uh, comprehensive enough to show that you know what you're talking about, but simple enough so that they know what you're talking about. Written communication is is really key in this. And then finally, in the area of vision and communication, CEOs have to be good or at least comfortable with challenging conversations because you're going to have them on almost a daily basis. Challenging conversations with your board, uh, with your staff, with a donor, with a beneficiary of your services, with a media personality, with a politician with, I mean, you name it, you're going to have challenging conversations and the great leaders are the ones that can navigate those artfully in order to move things forward. I got to tell you, I wasn't always good at this as an organizational leader. Sometimes in the challenging conversations, I got a little bit too righteously indignant, a little too arrogant, um, a little too quick to, to show um, that indignation and and not be good at the challenging conversations. On the other hand, there were also times when I put off challenging conversations because I just didn't want to deal with it. I got better at it as time went on, and I I think I'm a, an effective coach for others on it. But you've got to be able to have the challenging conversations, not just be good at them. You've got to know when to have them. And so that's the fourth pillar personal vision, shared vision, public speaking, written communication, and the ability to have challenging conversations. Now, for the fifth and final pillar, emotional intelligence. And I said these weren't in any particular order, but I might put this one first. To me, the emotional intelligence of a leader it might be the most important element or aspect of a leader's entire character and if you're not familiar with emotional intelligence as a framework as a research even academic framework get familiar with it look up emotional intelligence read the book at least understand the basic structure it's a simple matrix it's a simple quadrant really consisting of four things here they are number one self-awareness how aware are you of yourself? You think you are. We all think, oh, of course we're aware of ourselves. Uh, we are so blind spotted by ourselves. Some I've coached leaders that really don't even know what their true motivation is when they're asked directly. Uh, Self awareness is that ability to walk into the office one day and just realize, mm, I'm not something's got my mojo today. Something's got me down. I might not even be able to put my finger on it, but I'm just not at full capacity emotionally, mentally, physically today. I'm aware of that. I know when I come in and I'm projecting at this board meeting, at this community meeting, or just in the office, that it's going to affect what I project, and it's going to affect how people are perceiving my presence. That's self-awareness. But the second piece is self-mastery. Which is simply to say, how good are we at doing something about that awareness? It's one thing to be aware of it. It's another thing to master ourselves so well that we respond appropriately to our own emotions, our own emotional state, our own motivation. That we uh, communicate with clarity and deference at the same time. That self-mastery, that control, that discipline within, and again, this is an area of I've had to work a lot. And self-awareness for me has grown exponentially through the years when I finally realized, ooh, man, <laughs> some things I wish I'd have realized 30 years ago. And uh, then it becomes okay, how do you, how do you shift? How do you master yourself? So that's the that's two squares in the quadrant. Here's the other two. The first two about yourself. The other two are about everybody else. So social awareness, how aware are we of those around us? How perceptive are we? How discerning are we about what's motivating others, what they're bringing to the table? Um, Do we know, for example, that they may be not connecting fully, (laughs) Uh, on all cylinders and maybe we don't know why, but we sense that something is off or we understand what really drives some of our people uh, to the best of their abilities. Are we aware of others? And then the second piece is social mastery. Again, what do we do with that awareness? Do we respond appropriately? Do we maximize leverage, utilize what we are seeing and sensing and feeling in those around us. This is being the CEO of a nonprofit organization requires these four things, self-awareness and, ma- and self-mastery and social awareness and social mastery. Now, the fifth part that we've put in here on emotional intelligence is internal motivation, which is kind of, um, redundant because really all motivation is internal. Um, there are external things that connect to that motivation that might amplify it, uh, or slow it down, but motivation comes from the inside. And do we have a strong internal motivation? Is that internal motivation aligned with the values of the organization we lead and its mission? Um, and are we truly driven by that motiv- motivation? Is that motivation ethical? Is it in the best interest of the social impact that we're trying to create as leaders? So again, the fifth pillar, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-mastery, social awareness, social mastery, and internal motivation. That's the five by five. Those are 25 competencies or areas of competency that the most effective CEOs of nonprofits possess. Now, Do we know anybody that is just absolutely a five on all 25 of these? Not likely. Most of us have some weaknesses somewhere, some areas where either we just don't spend enough time practicing or we don't put ourselves in the place of opportunity to practice these things. Maybe we're good at it, but we don't leverage it. Um, And maybe there are just some areas we're just not comfortable with. And so we avoid them. And, and by the way, that doesn't mean competence either. Sometimes I've coached leaders who are very competent at certain things, but they're not comfortable with it. people who are really good speakers, but they hate doing it. And I'm like, wow, why you're so good at it. You need to get yourself out there and be this public speaker. And they're like, no, man, it's the last thing I want to do. I, I, want to avoid it. I want to sit in my office and budget. You know, I want to, I want to build models and frameworks and, and, you know, lead a program. I don't want to do public speaking. But all 25 of these components are a part of the whole leader. I would love to hear from you if you, if you can think of any others that, you know, kind of don't fit anywhere on this model. What would you add to the mix? And if you uh, want to share something with me, be, feel free to email me. It's a Patrick at Jinxperspective.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-K, Patrick, at Jinx, j i n k s. Perspective.com, Patrick at com. Shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. And uh, if you want a link to do a self-assessment on these 25 components, just to kind of see where you'd put yourself and find what some of the gaps are, um, let me know. And I'll send you a free link to it. And uh, if you're interested in doing, going a little bit deeper, maybe uh, engaging me as an executive coach, this is only one of the comprehensive assessments that we do to help build an inventory of your leadership so that we know what to work on, where to start. And this is this is kind of one of the starting points that we use for executive coaching in the nonprofit sector. So I wanted to share those 25 things with you and hopefully you look at those and say, hey, let me take a look at my own leadership and see where I'm really strong and I need to leverage them. And let me look at the areas very honestly and openly where there might be some deficiencies. And and then come up with a plan for how will I shore up those gaps, and that is really it. That's the leadership perspective for this week. Glad you joined us along. Remember, we do have some amazing programming coming up. I don't want to. There's there's just a couple that are just I can't I cannot wait for them. Really excited about it. So stay tuned. In the meantime, check out our YouTube channel as well. Uh, Go to jinxperspective.com and right on the main menu. Just click on YouTube, see our YouTube channel. We've got five minute episodes, just uh, coaching episodes on all kinds of things around nonprofit leadership. So if you don't have time for the 30 minute or one hour long podcast uh, on a particular day or week, check out the YouTube channel there and uh, share this with a friend or a colleague that you think might find it useful and uh, lead on. We'll see you next time.